Y'all ready to get into part three of hope? Wow. Under one. It's like wah, wah, wah. We've, we've done a few things in this hope series, and we're going to recap it just a little bit. Um, but then we're going to jump into something a little bit different. And, and some nights, I've got like a big elaborate story, and sometimes I have all these multiple points. And some nights, I, I, I have a video clip, and I'm just being honest with you. As I was studying this week and getting ready, I just felt like we needed to have just like an honest, just family chat about this. Because this is like real stuff that affects us every day, this whole idea of hope. And so tonight is all about that. Like, how in the world does this affect us? Okay, we talked about baby Jesus last week, right? And the manger and the animals and it smelled like poo and all that stuff. So this week, we're not going to talk about that story. And we're not going to get into specifically Christmas stuff. This is just going to be more about what does hope mean for us today. But before we get to that, let's talk about where we've been. And let's talk about what has gone on the past two weeks. And uh, we explained hope the very first week, right? We talked about what it is, uh, defined it. This is what it is, expecting or desiring something and and hoping it's going to happen, right? Uh, Or hoping in something. Like I hope my Thundercat sword will cut somebody up. You know what I'm saying? When I yell Thundercats, ho, I hope they all come and show up and back me up when I fight the bad guys. You know what I'm saying? So I hope in something, and I hope for something. So that's what hope is. You with me? Say yes. Yes. All right. Next, we talked about the fact that this hope only comes through who? Jesus. So we experience this hope. We experience God's hope through Jesus. It's possible I'm going to teach with this sword the entire night. Huh, huh, huh. Make points with it. So, get it? Make points with it. Oh, just making sure you're with me. That's pretty good. Um, then we talked about last week, Jesus was born in a barn with a bunch of animals. And we talked about the fact that we learn something about, how Jesus, about who Jesus is, about how he entered the world. We talked about the fact that he is humble. We talked about the fact he didn't come in with a sword as a grown man from heaven and just start whacking fools. He came in as this little baby and he was, came in in an unsuspecting place in an unsuspecting way through these young teenagers to be his parents. And so we learned some things about Jesus last week. And the fact that he isn't necessarily flashy and he's not necessarily this savior that maybe a lot of us think that he is or that people back then thought that he was. So that was last week. And that was the week before. And so... This week, um, we want to, again, look at this verse from Romans, chapter 15, verse 13. And we've done this verse every single week. And the reason we keep coming back to this verse is because the implications of it, like the way it affects us, is huge. And again, tonight we're going to get into how it actually affects us. But let's read it together really quick. You don't have to read it out loud. Just read along with me. In your head, may the God of hope find you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the holy spirit now we see a particular word in there two different times and that word is what hope right and that's what this whole series has been about so the verse is about the god of hope and us receiving hope us having hope and the result of hope is peace and joy and we see we get that 
from doing what? It says it in that verse, trusting in God. We trust in God, and that's what gives us this hope. And so we've, we learned again that first week that this hope comes from Jesus. It's like, okay, the, the hope is actually found in Jesus, but it's found in trusting in God. And so how in the world does this all affect us now? How does this affect you as a 6th, 7th, or 8th grader? How does this affect you as a leader? How does this affect me? How does this affect all of us? Because it, if it doesn't, then why are we talking about it? If hope in Jesus, in Jesus being born in a manger and coming to earth to save us, if that stuff doesn't apply to us now, why are we talking about it? Because it does apply to us now, and it does affect us now. So we're going to talk about how it affects us in three different ways, okay? Three different places, three different areas of our life. And this applies to all of us students in the house specifically. And so the first place we're going to talk about is in your school. Now, some of you don't go to a traditional type school, but wherever it is that you go, where you're around other people, or you hang out with, with a big group of folks, most of you it's a school, some of you it's homeschool, some of you it's different things, but for the sake of this point, let's just talk about our school. How does hope affect you in your school? Because let's be honest, middle school is not a place that most of us think it's such a hopeful place. Do we? Do we think, man, I can't wait to go to, wait, wait to, go to middle school because there's just so much hope there. Right? Does anyone think that? No, no one thinks that. In fact, when you become a high schooler or a college age student, you might look back at middle, middle school and think, man, those were some of the worst years as far as school goes, because of just all the things that go on with us in middle school. Like, I kid you not, the age range you guys are in, 11 to 14, the most changes happen to you in this age range. Physically, mentally, emotionally, it all happens in these three years, mostly. A lot of it, a ton of it. So a, pu- a bunch of it happens when we're babies and we grow up, right, to be toddlers and grow up to be elementary school kids. So there's like a big chunk that happens there. But then the next big chunk happens in middle school. So it can be hard. It can be awkward. It can be tough. It can be mean. It can be nasty. And it can just downright stink. Like it's just not fun a lot of times. That doesn't mean it's always those things. There's good things to be had in middle school. There's good things that come out of middle school. Middle school is not... Hell on earth. I mean, it's not that bad. It's not a cuss word. It's a real place, okay? I know some of you are like, you just said the H word. It's okay. So how does hope affect you in your school? Because we've already acknowledged there's not a ton of hope in middle school. Well, if we're talking about the fact that hope is trusting in God, right? It's us trusting in Jesus. He saved us. He loves us. He really came here as a baby. He really lived. He really died. He really replaced our sin and conquered our sin for us. And he gives us this hope. He gives us this love. He gives us this grace. So we have hope now. We can trust in God. We can believe in God. We can have faith in God. So if that's what it is, how is trusting in God going to help us in our school? Well, let's think about school for a little bit, right? I mean, I'm not so old that I can't remember middle school, okay? (laughs) Who said that? Which one of you? That's it. You're kicked out. You're asking me. I'm just kidding. Um, So I remember middle school, and I remember walking in. A lot like you, I mean, same way you guys walk in. And 
in the back of your brain, kind of constantly, there's that thought of, am I fitting in right now? Is anybody making fun of me? Is anybody thinking anything about me? This, this like, negative. Is, is, is there toilet paper hanging off my shoe right now? Did I tuck my shirt into my underwear and my underwear showing right now? Like, do I have a huge zit on my face right now? Does my hair look okay? Like, there's all these worries and thoughts that go in our brain. And then on top of that, there's the comments that come throughout the day from some of them are from our friends. Some of them are from people we don't know. And then some of it's just from ourselves, just feeling awkward and dumb sometimes. Because we all do awkward and dumb things, not just in middle school. I still do awkward and dumb things. You guys see me do awkward and dumb things on stage all the time. So it never really ends, but in middle school, it seems to affect us a ton, right? And we think about what people think a ton in middle school. And so this whole idea of hope and trusting in God really does play into the idea of school. Because God calls us to certain things, such as... Starts with an L, ends with of. Oh my gosh, you guys are geniuses. Love, yes. He calls us to love. To love him, to love other people. Not really easy in middle school. Especially when we're talking about all the things we just talked about. We're worried about people judging us, saying something mean to us. You know, making us feel like an idiot. And then on top of that, we have to fit in. So a lot of times we'll say things that are kind of mean and jerky to people. To help us kind of feel a little bit better about ourselves sometimes. So we'll be... um, kind of bullies in school sometimes to fit in and to kind of go along with the whole flow of how middle school goes. But if we're trusting in God, right, we're we're wanting to put faith in him, we want to have this hope that God offers us, that means we're trying to follow him as well, so we're called to love, and so that doesn't really jive and fit in with the whole idea of making fun of folks, pointing out the fact that somebody maybe forgot to brush their hair that day or the fact that they have a big zit on their face that day or whatever the case is or the fact they got dumped by their boyfriend or girlfriend or the fact they failed English for the 15th time or whatever it is. Loving people doesn't necessarily encompass us saying those kind of things to people. You get what I'm saying? And on top of that, when people say that kind of stuff to us, trusting in God affects how we respond to those things. So when you're hanging out in class and somebody makes that smart aleck remark to you, right? That either just makes you mad like you want to punch them in the face or it makes you so self-conscious and upset that you need to like run to the bathroom because you turn red or you want to cry or whatever the case is. Whatever your emotion is, trusting in God is going to affect how you react in that moment. Believing God is who he really says he is and the fact that he loves you and the fact that he saved you and the fact that he offers you Jesus is going to play into even moments like that. And so when you know that, you believe that, right? You trust in God. Yes, I trust in God. I love God. I know God loves me. So when that comment comes at you, it's not like your whole world crushes beneath you. It's not like everything in your world just kind of is done. And you just, your, your whole day is ruined because your whole day is not based on what somebody else says about you, right? It's based on what? God. It's based on what God thinks about you. And what God thinks about you does not change. Him loving you does not change. Him offering you Jesus does not change. Those things are always true. So you could have a terrible hair day. You could have zits all over your face. You could be dumped 15 times in one week. It doesn't matter. God still loves you. 
You still have hope. Your life's not over. It doesn't matter if everybody in school hates you, which they probably don't, even though you might think they do. God still loves you. Now flip it. If you're the person who's doing the, making those comments, you're the person who's saying those things to other people, odds are you're saying that kind of stuff because it makes you feel better about yourself. And it makes you feel like you're better than somebody else. Well, again, if this whole idea of hope and who God is and that he loves you and that he offers his grace and Jesus to you, all these things, then us saying those things to people aren't needed anymore. We don't have to say that kind of stuff to anybody anymore. We don't have to tear anybody else down because our world is not based on the feeling we get from making somebody else feel small. It's based on what? Same answer, right? God. It's based on who God is. It's based on our hope in God, our trust in God. So both of those things get taken care of if we're putting our hope in God. We're trusting in God every day. And again, it's all because Jesus came as a baby, like we talked about last week. He eventually grew up to be a man and died for our sins, the things we mess up all the time. He made it right between us and God. So we can trust in God, we can hope in God, we know God loves us because he gave us Jesus. So not just school though, okay, because school's not the only place you are. Where else are you? Somebody said home. Let's talk about home. So what about at home? Now, all of us don't have mom and dad in the house, right? Some of us just have mom, some of us just have dad, some of us have both, some of us have grandma, some of us have grandpa, some of us have an older brother or sister, some of us have an aunt or uncle. We all have different scenarios and families, okay? So when I say home, I just mean where you live. And if you live in multiple places, we're talking about all those places. And there's people and relationships that are in those homes. Some of those relationships are good, some of them are bad. And just like we all have different family scenarios and where we live, we have different relationships. Some of you have some really good supportive parents. Some of you don't. Some of you have parents that try to talk to you and get involved and they want to know how school's going. They want to know what's going on with your sport or your band or, or whatever it is you're into. Other parents don't. And so how does this hope play into this? Some of you have brothers and sisters that you want to just... Can I get an amen? amen? Some of you have older brothers and sisters that you just want. Right? Some of you don't have a brother or sister, and you're like, praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. <laughs> amen. Amen. Or maybe you don't have a brother or sister, and you wish you did. I don't hear that as much, but sometimes it's true. So... All of us have different family scenarios, but we all have someone we're connected with at our house. So how does this whole idea of hope, trusting in God, how does it play into that? Well, kind of similarly to school, except these relationships probably aren't going to go away. Like at school, at least you, those kind of change from year to year. People move away, you know, people go to a different you know, pod or they go to a different hallway or whatever in a different class. Sometimes those kind of things change. But at the house, those stay a little bit more consistent, typically. And you're going to have these people in your life for the majority of it, most, most likely. So this hope has got to play into this, too. This hope in God and this love of God. So how does it play out? Well, okay, let, let's look at the parents first, right? 
And then we all get irritated at our parents, right? <laughs> Getting more amens. I, hey, I got annoyed at my parents. And, and even now, today, there's moments that I get annoyed at them now. And they get annoyed at me. And they definitely got annoyed at me when I was living at their house. Who was the dude that left, like, dirty dishes everywhere? It was me. Who was the dude that, like, left his room a wreck and it smelled like nasty fungus? It was me and probably a lot of you. I was not raised in a barn. I'm not Jesus. So... They got annoyed at me. I got annoyed at them. Like the relationship could be strained sometimes. Anybody in here had a strained relationship with your parent at some point or another? Every hand in the house should be raised. I'm telling you, we all have points where we disagree. But God has given you this family, whatever your family is, for a reason. And he's given you people to raise you, your parents, your grandparents, your aunt, your uncle, whoever it is, for a reason. Now, some of us have those people in our life, and they also are Christians. They love God. If you're a Christian and you love God in here, then they, and they match up with that. But some of them don't. Some of them don't go to church. Some of them don't believe in God. Some of them don't believe in Jesus. Some of them don't do a lot of the things we talk about in Revolution. So it's like, okay, well, what do I do with that? Well, God calls us to respect the authority of our parents, right? He does. If you're like, no, he doesn't do it. Yeah, he does. He says that. In the Bible, it says it. Um, so we're supposed to respect our parents. We're supposed to listen to what they have to say. We're not supposed to, like, rebel and do whatever we want and just kind of be disrespectful to them. That's not what he calls us to. Because if we do that to them and then we try to tell them about God, is that going to match up? Are they going to want to hear anything that you have to say about God if you've been disrespectful to them, you haven't shown any love to them, and you've just been a punk to them? No. So disrespecting parents, whether they believe in God or not, is not an option. It's just not what God's called us to. But it doesn't mean that you're supposed to do things against what God's called you to. So this whole idea of hope plays, plays in a few different ways, right? A few different scenarios. If you've got a family who, um, who doesn't believe in God, who doesn't go to church, but you're part of this, you, you believe in God, you believe in Jesus, you're following him, you're trying to put your hope in God, right? Then part of what you need to hope in is that God is going to show himself to your family at some point. And he might use you for that. In fact, that might be the reason you're in your family is to show your family God in the way you act, the way you talk, just the way you love him, the way you trust him. Because it affects you. It affects the way you talk to people and the way you act. Not just to your parents, but to your friends, to your neighbors, all those people, right? So if your family sees that, that could be the avenue in which they see that God is real, that God loves them, that God is not just this imaginary thing, but he's, he's true. So that's, I mean, one kind of thing you can put your hope in and one kind of thing you can hope God for is that he'll reveal himself to your family. But... In other ways, it helps you to respect them in general. It helps you to remember that me respecting my family is not just because of the fact that I respect what they're asking me to do, but it's because I hope in God, I trust in God. 
So because I trust God, I respect God, I love God, I'm going to respect my family. And that could apply to any of us, whether our families are Christians and they believe in God or not. Because there's some families in here who, they're all, everybody's a Christian, everybody believes in God, everybody goes to church, whatever the case is. They're supportive parents, but there's still going to be moments where you butt heads. There's still going to be moments where you disagree. There's still going to be those moments. And you need to respect them in those moments too. And you need to continue to put your hope in God in how you react and how you talk to them. Same with brothers and sisters. Same with anybody else that lives in your home, lives in your house. We've got to continue to let the hope that we have in God affect how we respond to them. And so it applies to all of us, whether our families believe in God or not. But I want to I just say one more thing about those of you that come from a family that doesn't believe in God. You might be the only one who does. And I just want to encourage you and, and, and just let you know, God is with you at your home. He's with you at your house. God never leaves you. And he does love you. And he can use you in your home situation, whatever it might be. And so, if you know that, believe that, it will affect you in your everyday conversations with them. If you're remembering, well, God's got my back. God is here. God put me in this situation for a reason. God put me in this family for a reason. And you really can trust in those things because you can trust in God. So it affects us at our school. It affects us at our home, the way we interact with our parents, our brothers and sisters. It helps us to remember we need to have respect and love in the way we act and talk towards our families. Because, again, we're going to have them in our life for a long time, right? But not only those two things, it also affects us, right? In our own heart, this hope affects us. Now, this is kind of where the rubber meets the road. Because if it's not happening in your heart, it's probably not going to happen in your home. And it's probably not going to happen in your school where you're really putting your trust and your hope in God. So it's like, okay, Brad, well, how do I do that? How do I put my hope in God personally? How do I do that in my own heart, right? Well, the first step is obviously salvation, which we talked about the first week and and we've kind of touched on all throughout the year, is you accepting Jesus, accepting that God loves you, accepting that Jesus makes it right between the two of you, and that you now can have a personal relationship with God. So that's step number one. But once that's happened, it changes your every day. Because like we said, it's a relationship now, right? You and God now can know each other. He knows you, obviously, because he's God, but now you can know him. You guys can talk. You talking to him is called prayer. Him talking to you happens a lot through the Bible, which is why we'll highlight that stuff a lot. We talked about it at the beginning of the year a lot. But this whole idea of putting your hope in God is what drives a lot of those things, right? If you really want to trust God, in your everyday life, it starts literally when you wake up, right? If you wake up and the first thought of the day is, what am I going to wear? You're already thinking, I want to dress cute, I want to dress nice, I want to look cool, I want to be hip. Because you care about what? People, right? You care about what people are going to think and what they're going to say. Now, different scenario, wake up, first thought is, 
God loves me. I know that sounds very churchy. I know that sounds very like trite. And you're like, what does trite mean? Don't worry about it. Um, If that's your first thought, what are you worried about in that moment? What God thinks of you, but are you really worried about anything? No. You just stated a fact to yourself. God loves me. Okay, so starting the day with what am I going to wear today? Because the ultimate thought behind it is I care about what other people think of me. Or God loves me. Period. Which is the better way to start the day? God loves me, right? Because it affects the way you're thinking about everything else the rest of the day. Now, you need to wear clothes, so that does need to come across your mind at some point in the morning. Like, yes, you need to figure out what you're going to wear. Yes, it's okay if it's a cute outfit or a cool outfit or something that's trendy or whatever. That's fine. But if that's your main thought and worry for the day, we're not in the right mind frame, right? We're not putting our hope in God, really. We're putting our hope in clothes. And so if we start the day off already thinking, like, where is my hope? Ask that question, literally, where's my hope? If it's in my clothes or my talent or my grades or my sport, it's not in the right spot. It's not in the right place. And it's going to affect you in everything you do the rest of the day. In school, in your house, with your friends, with your brothers and sisters, with your parents, whoever it is. It's going to affect that. Now, if you start the day and you're like, okay, where's my hope? Where am I putting my hope today? Who am I hoping in? And you answer God. And you mean it. You really are trusting in God. You're hoping in God. It changes every interaction for the rest of the day. Because your happiness and your joy and your peace is not found in that stuff that we just talked about. Clothes, sports, achievements, success, all that stuff. That's not where your hope is. Your hope is where? In God. Is God ever going... To change? No. Is he ever going to fail? No. Is he ever going to stop loving you? So are you ever going to be let down by putting your hope in God? No. Are you ever going to be let down by your clothes? Yes. Are you ever going to be let down by your grades? Some of you is a big yes. Are you ever going to be let down by a girlfriend or boyfriend? Yes. Are you ever going to be let down by a sports team? Yes. Are you ever going to be let down by anything other than God? Yes. So when we ask the question, how does hope affect us every day? The answer is just yes. How does it affect us every day? Yet, what do you mean? How does it, it affects everything? Where I put my hope every day affects everything. So the challenge is super simple, like the encouragement to you and me and everybody in the room, this is not just a middle school issue. We all put our hope in places that we shouldn't. And we talk about it at Christmas a lot is because we put our hope in what? Presents and stuff a lot, right? It's like if I don't get this iPad at Christmas, my, my whole Christmas break is ruined. Like it's, it's, it's a wreck. And that's kind of messed up, right? If all of our happiness hinges on getting an iPad or an Xbox or a clo- a, like a gift card or, or some clothes or whatever, our hope is not in the right place. And I'm not saying you can't want that stuff. That's fine. I want some new running shoes. If, I'll be okay, though, if I don't get them, but I, I would like them. That'd be nice. Some Nikes. Yeah, Zoom Elite. 
But is my hope in the shoes? No. But there's plenty of days I put my hope in other things that I shouldn't. Like, today will be great if I'm able to eat at Firehouse for lunch. Like, I won't literally tell you that's my hope for the day. But in my head, I'm thinking, man, if I eat at Firehouse for lunch, dude, it's going to be a good day. That's jacked up. I'm stupid when I think like that. Because it's a good day not if I go to Firehouse. It's a good day every day because God loves me. Every day. And so I've got some verses that I found. Four of them specifically that I want us to just read together. To kind of ingrain this in our head, right? God is our hope. We can trust in God. We can put our faith in God. And because of that, we have hope every single day. And it affects us every single day. Day. So check some of these out. Psalm 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him, and He helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song, I praise Him. Here's another one. Another psalm. Psalm 33, verse 21. In Him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. Another psalm. Psalm 62, verse 8. Trust in Him. At all times, you people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Check this one out from Isaiah. Isaiah 26, 4. Trust in the Lord forever. How long? Forever. Not just tomorrow, not just next week, not just at Christmas. Forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself, is rock eternal. Now, if we look, that's, that's just four verses. Now, when I put in a search, like search the Bible, hope, the whole idea of trusting in God and putting our faith in God and believing in God and finding our hope in God is found throughout the Bible. So it's almost like God wanted us to get this idea. Hey, you can trust me. I'm not going to fail you. I've always got your back. I always love you. It doesn't matter what insults people throw at you at school. I love you. I like you. I accept you. I'm always there for you. So this idea of trusting in God, putting our hope in God, is all throughout the Bible because God wants us to get this. And so tonight, get this. We've talked about hope for three weeks now. And this is the last week we're talking about it. And if we're going to go into a two-week break... Get this, because it can affect your entire break. It can make it a good break or a bad break, because if you put your hope in the wrong stuff, your break could go terrible. And when I'm like, in January, when I see you again, I'm like, hey, how was your break? And you're like, it was awful. And I'm like, why? Because my mom burnt the turkey. Because everything revolved around the food for the holiday, or everything revolved around the event of Christmas. Your hope wasn't really found in what matters, Right? Or how was your break? Terrible. I didn't get my PS Vita. Ticked. Come on. Seriously? Was your break okay? No, I didn't get my Thundercat sword. <laughs> See, I did, right? I did. I did get it. So here it is, guys. Let God's hope fill your heart daily. Trust in Him daily. During the break, yes, but you still have two more days in school, right? 
So this still has two more days to play out at school. And it might be like a, a difference in the way you act even tomorrow. Because if you walk around all day like kind of like all oh, like sad and depressed every day because you're putting your hope in other things that don't really last, they don't really matter, and they change all the time. Your moods at school are going to change like drastically. And the way you act around people is going to change drastically. And the way you love people is going to change drastically. And the way you just feel as a person about yourself is going to change drastically. But if you're putting your hope in God every day when you wake up, first thing, hey, where's my hope? My hope's in God. Because God loves me. If you start saying that to yourself every single day, you start spending time with him, talking to him just throughout the day in prayer, reading the Bible, letting him kind of talk back to you, depending on this relationship, but ultimately putting your trust and putting your hope in God, it's going to start to change the way you approach every single day of your life at school, at home, and in your own heart. So close your eyes right where you're at. And if you're new, this is the part of the night where we just want you to kind of have your own little moment with God. I know you're sitting around people probably, and there's other people in this room, but the Bible tells us when two or more are gathered that God's here. So God is in the house right now. He's in this place. And it doesn't matter who's next to you. It doesn't matter what happened before you came into revolution. It doesn't even matter what you're going to do later. Because right now, just want you to have a moment with God. Examine your heart, look at your own life, and ask yourself, where am I putting my hope every day? And if your answer is other places, then ask God to help you to put it in Him every day. If your answer is, yes, I'm putting it in God, then are you letting that hope affect you in your relationships with people at school, in your relationship with people at home? And you're letting it affect your own heart. Because hope applies to us every single day. It affects the way we view people. It affects the way we view situations. It, It affects our emotions. It affects how we think about ourselves. So start to put your hope in God. The beginning of every day. Where am I putting my hope? putting it in God because he loves me.